Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Market odds and lines. Now, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use uh, your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Now, use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50%. Welcome your bonus on your first deposit. Now, Bet Online is where the game starts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Bleed in Bills podcast, of course, brought to you from Bet Online. Uh, shout out to Fanbase 96.5 WUFO. I'm your host, Justice General Raffer. And of course, I got with me, as always, a legend in two games. We got Coach Mookie Hawkins in the building, getting ready for training camp tomorrow, right? You'll be there, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and of course, you know, tonight, we got. Uh, Coming to regular, you know what I mean? Uh, Hilbert's finest, my man Jamal Harris. Um, what's going on, Jamal? How you doing, man? Can't hear you, brother. How you doing, Moot? You getting ready for training camp tomorrow? What's going on, man? Man, um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, you know, um, I'm going to be there tomorrow. Um, gotta get the first day in. Uh, you know, it'd be good to see, you know, uh, my 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 uh my fellow co workers, you know, Bill's media. Shout out to all my my crew. Um, you know, everybody that's gonna be on the beat again this year. It's gonna be um another exciting year, you know. So definitely a lot of storylines, a lot of things that, you know, we can talk about, you know, with this team. Um Obviously, the expectations, you know, concerning the team. Um, you know, it's a lot of things to unpack again. But, you know, I'm really excited that the season is finally here and we could just get back to stacking W's, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, getting forward to the process of what it takes to stack those W's because that's what we're going to be looking forward to for the next uh, few months uh, until the regular season or until preseason gets here. Um, but it, it starts tomorrow. And, uh, you know, it's late, guys, so we're going we to go ahead and get into the swing of things. Now, one thing that's kind of lost a little bit of steam throughout this whole you know, offseason free agency process and all of the drama with Diggs and whatnot, one, one storyline that has lost, I feel like, a bit of steam is the fact that we just lost a top five, top ten middle linebacker in the league for absolutely nothing and didn't really have a 
concrete, uh, you know, replacement plan in, in order for that. Uh, so what are the Bills going to be doing to shore up that position, Coach? Well, I think it's going to be done by committee. When you look at now McDermott, you know, back at the guy, you know, back being the guy that's calling the plays now, and we know this, you know, he's calling the plays. No more Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier is over in Buffalo, so Coach McDermott is calling the shots until he wants to designate either John Butler or Bobby Babbage to, you know, be the play caller uh, for the defense. But I think you're going to see a more aggressive Bills team that's going to compensate for not having Tremaine in that center of the defense, a guy that really controlled the middle. He really dictated how quarterbacks threw in the middle because he was so, you know, 6'5", you know, wingspan was ridiculous. So, uh, you know, he kind of, you know, made quarterbacks go elsewhere with the football when it comes to coming across the middle. So that's going to be compensated with a defense that's going to be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, you may see, you know, this defense to be exotic by based upon the acquisitions of what they brought in with the Leonard Floyd and the Puna Ford. I mean, you tell me anything that this doesn't have the signs of a 3-4 defense at times. Not saying that it's going to be uh, converted to a 3-4 defense, the, you know, entire way. But I do believe that at times you will see an odd front you know, with this Bills defense because they have the players to do it. So more exotic, more aggressive look with the Buffalo Bills that's going to compensate for the loss of Tremaine Edmonds. I certainly hope so. <laughs> uh, Jamal, what do you what do you think the answer is to, to this question here for McDermott and the defense? Kind of more of what um, kind of what Mookie said, kind of linebacker by committee. I think, you know, Dorian Williams will kind of lead the way, kind of taking, you know, the majority of those steps and kind of leading the way as far as replacing Tremaine. But, you know, kind of like I said on the show like a couple of shows ago, the defense is strong in, like, every other area. I mean, the secondary, you know, one of the best in the league, not the best. Defensive line is straight. I mean, that linebacker, you know, it is it it is a weakness, a significant weakness, but it's, like, one of the only weaknesses on the defense. So I'm not too worried about that. I think McDermott and, them is, and those guys can get that figured out before the season starts. I certainly hope so. Uh, there, I mean, listen, this is one of the best teams in the league. And although we know that, there still is a lot to be done. Um, I feel like the last two off seasons, you could feasibly look at the roster and go, oh, there's not too much that needs to, you know what I mean? You could, you know, add this or that, you know, maybe add a, a significant player to put it over the top. But it was a great roster here. Somehow, I still feel like we have a better roster than we had last year. But there are still some issues that are keeping us from winning a championship. And uh, one of those issues happened to be the guy who calls the plays, uh, at least it was last year. Um, how, how does that go this year, Jamal? I'm sorry, repeat that question. I didn't catch all of it. Ken Dorsey, what, what do you think? Uh, what, are, what are your expectations uh, for Ken Dorsey in his second year? Oh, Dorsey. I expect Dorsey to get better. You know, it's the second year being a play caller, so I expect the experience for him to be better. I still expect for him to be successful. I mean, we were, what, second in yards, second in points. I mean, it was a pretty good offense last year. Um, you know, like I always remind people, you know, even with the year with when we went, got away to the divisional round with uh, the Chiefs and 13 seconds, that was not a very good offense for the mid part to the, you know, second half of that year. That was not very good. 
they were good for the beginning, kind of fell off for most of that year, and then kind of turned it on towards the end and got hot at the right time. But, you know, Ken Dorsey, you know, you may not think he's as good as Dale, but at least, you know, that offense was more consistent from, you know, day one all the way to the end of the season. And so I expect him to get better. I expect the offense to still be good. Um, and we'll see if he learns from his mistakes from, you know, a year ago. Hopefully. Um, I mean, of course, he's a rookie. In, I mean, uh, see, I don't – like, if if he was the coach of any other team, I would say don't be so hard on him. Um, however, he happens to be the coach of my favorite team and a team that is, is supposed to be was, – was literally the Super Bowl um, favorites last year and played like it for, you know, the first quarter of the season. Uh, what what do you feel like needs to be Dorsey's game plan going forward in order to be a successful football team coach? Still for um, me? Coach. I mean, obviously, year one, there was some growing pains in this offense. Let's, let's make no mistake about it. Yeah, they did. Uh, they were the number two in total yards. They were number two in scoring. But guess what? That wasn't good enough. That wasn't good enough to get you out of the first round of the playoffs or the divisional. So it's not good enough. Number two being number two is not good enough. Um, you know, so Dorsey has to learn some things. You know how to preserve his quarterback when you have a lead. All right, that's what you got running backs for. Right, you got running backs to control the game for you, dictate the clock, keep the clock running, and maintain the lead. You got to understand that. Um, short yard situations. Uh, you definitely want to see, you know, uh, that evolve and that improve. Uh, you definitely want to see the Bills, you know, improve a lot in inside the red zone. I mean, for them to have Josh Allen to be dynamic as he is and Stephon Diggs is as dynamic as he is, they could be so much more better if they were a little bit more efficient uh, and if, you know, they executed more better in the red zone. I mean, you take away – you take half of Josh's interceptions and possibility half of Tyler Bass's field goals inside the 20 and say those are touchdowns. You never know. Like, obviously, that, that, would, that would definitely be a number one total yards, number one scoring. But it would, you know, definitely shed light on basically on how really high-powered this offense really is. You know, and it, it has separated itself from all the other offenses. If they could just clean those things up, the, the turnovers and converting seven, you know, converting three into seven. You know, what I mean, that's that's the big issue with this. The Bills can go go twenty to twenty with anybody in the NFL, but if they're not converting those long drives, those great drives into touchdowns, and they're only getting field goals out of them. You know, they, they, they have to get better in that regard on how to pre- preserve the game and, you know, dictate the game a little bit more and learn how to finish. You know, you can say that. I mean, they won, you know, 14 games last season, but, you know, in some realms of it, they need to know how to really put your opponent away and close it out, you know. So hopefully Dorsey will get that, you know, and obviously <laughs> – you know, move Stefan Diggs around for he can make plays where teams can't take him away and you don't have no other alternative. So, yeah, yeah those are some of the things we want to see Dorsey improve at. <laughs> yeah, that definitely uh, goes, you know, for sure. When you look at the Bills' offense last year, you've rarely ever seen them stalled. 
right? It was like, you know, there weren't very many, like, just three and outs or we just can't move the ball at all. We're always moving the ball perfectly fine. And then once they got in the red zone, you know, when the, the field is short and, you know, the safeties don't have to play as deep, you know, things change. And, and I feel like that's where your play calling is really going to come out. Um, and you know, that kind of speaks to why, you know, the offense uh, needs a, a little kick. And shout out to everybody in the comment section on that, Andre. Uh, Bills would have been undefeated. I mean, they very well could have been undefeated, literally. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but you, you talked about them moving Stefan Diggs around in the offense. Um, one of the other storylines from this offseason going into camp is the affirmation of Stefan Diggs. And how the last season ended, obviously, with the confrontation with Josh Allen, um, storming out of the locker room, rightfully so, if you ask me. Um, but, you know, just the, the – the, I was obviously, you know, disappointed and disgruntled in, in the way the season ended. Um, again, rightfully so, if you ask me. But that is a thing now, right? Uh, he has – you know, he's given himself a little bit of a reputation, you know, with his departure from, from Minnesota. And despite whether or not he is a, the the diva that everyone thinks he is or, you know, whether he's like this locker room cancer, which I don't think he is any of that stuff. I really think he's being blown out of proportion. But he did earn himself that reputation. So, you know, people are going to assume. And although it may be unfair, it, it is warranted. Um how does the whole Stefan Diggs issue get, get handled uh, going into the training camp coach? I'm not sure. I mean, we'll find out tomorrow. I mean, either Steph going to appear, you know, Dolo. Um, if I was a gambling man, maybe they bring Josh and Steph out at the same time and just get it over with or whatever the case. Other than that, you know, Steph is going to face the music his way. <laughs> And, you know, that's what so it's going to be. The, the way you're saying that, it kind of feels like this is going to be something that is like, it could be some type of like anxiety, like build up for or whatever the case may be. Wouldn't that moment have kind of happened earlier in the workouts when he showed up? I don't know. You know, until, you know, we hear from Diggs and what he has to say about the whole entire situation, then, you know, everybody can move forward. We can close the door on it, whatever it is. You know, it is, you know. Hey, lie to me if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> you know, just say what you need to say and, and move on from it. And I'm over it. Like, you know, I, I'm glad he voiced his opinion, you know. I'm glad he voiced his opinion. Somebody had to say something. Something ain't right. Something just ain't right. You're just going to be content with just losing three years in a row when you're supposed to be that team and nobody's saying nothing. Somebody had to say something. So, I, I don't have no problem with him saying what he said to, you know, put everybody on notice and make everyone accountable of Taz's hand. The Taz's hand is, is winning the Super Bowl, fellas. It's not, you know, getting this check or that check like that. You know, once you start playing for a check, then – you know, I'm quite sure Stefan Diggs don't, you know, he don't want to be on your team like that. You know what I mean? He's going to make his money because he earned his money on who he is and the work that he put in. 
it's about winning Super Bowls. It's, you know, you won all the titles. When is that going to materialize to at least an AFC championship? Winning. You get to the Super Bowl. You know, that's all you can do is get to the Super Bowl, win, lose, or draw, and let the chips fall where they may. But you have the team to get there. So it's something that's not connecting. It's a disconnect somewhere on why that isn't happening with this team. So, you know, you know, this year, hopefully we can unlock that. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully so. Um, Jamal, I've been hearing some some ideas on what should be happening in the Stephon Diggs from from Bill's Mafia, right? And and, and the um, <laughs> alike, right? Uh, some people have been saying that he should be traded. Uh, he should be. He's a locker room cancer. Um, some people say he should get the ball more. Some people says, you know, what, what do you think the 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 solution to this Stefan Diggs quote unquote issue is. Um, that's a great question, man. I'm not really too sure. I mean, for this situation to be handled, it's going to be, you know, handled as well as Stefan Diggs wants it to be handled. I mean, he's kind of, like I said, you know, um, though his reasons may be valid. I mean, he's kind of created this whole scenario within himself, you know, but not talking to the media, showing up as QB on the sideline, um, you know, storming out the locker room. And those are all things that he's done. So, you know, this is kind of festered over. And then, you know, McDermott, you know, adding fuel to the fire with what he said. It's now this is a, you know, a big storyline now. Um, you know, they get quite a lot of the noise. You know, he have, have a press conference with himself, you know, McDermott, Allen tomorrow, see how it goes, you know, quite a lot of that noise. But you know, we really don't know until the season goes on. Is he going to show up Josh Allen again on the sideline? Will it be a coach this time? I mean, we really don't know. His actions are going to be, you know, looked at with a microscope now. Um and so, you know, who, you know, being a head coach in this league is about, you know, managing different personalities. And so that's up to McDermott now. He's got the manager personality. You know, Diggs has, a, Diggs has a brash one. And, you know, we'll see, you know, how good of a job he does at doing that. But, you know, that's – we've kind of, you know, passed that line now to where, you know, that stuff's out of the can. And so, you know, we'll see with Diggs. You know, it will be really telling to see, you know, what happens this season with his, with his antics and, you know, if it goes back to just being regular digs, you know, without the without all the stuff, you know, on the sideline or whatever, you know, we'll be great. But, you know, we'll see how the season goes on. What antics are you talking about? I was about to say, I, <laughs> I mean, you showed up, you showed up your QB on the sideline in a playoff game. Those are antics. Sorry. Those bring bad attention to you. They just do. They just do. I, yo, I, I will say this. I was at That's the not good. That's... I was at the stadium when the divisional game, cold as hell, all right? The effort that was put in in that game, somebody need to be on the sideline screaming because there was no effort. From look, I agree with you, but that's a bad look. I'm just saying it is a bad look. I'm just sorry. What, it is. what I'm saying is that if there is no Stefan Diggs in that situation, let's say he handled it like Josh mm-hmm. Allen handled it, right, with a quiet upsetness. I, I really feel like the, the coaches wouldn't have got gotten the, uh, you know, the accountability that they should have gotten. Because they need to be held accountable for what the hell they put on the field on that day. It, it was not good enough by any stretch of the imagination. So somebody needed to be mad because I, I was mad. Every fan I saw leaving the stadium was mad. So <laughs> I'm glad Stefan Diggs was mad personally. I mean, that's how I feel about it. Somebody needed to be mad. That was that was pathetic what they did. I'm glad. You know, it was okay to be mad. It's okay to be stuff. And there's a certain way to go about it. 
I mean, they could, you could do that stuff in the locker room. You don't got to do it on the sideline in front of all the national media for the press to see. So that's what I'm just saying. I mean, those you see people talk about this stuff in national media to keep bringing it up and bringing it up. I mean, it's an issue. I mean, it's not a good look. It just isn't. When you mentioned the the antics, you also mentioned storming out of the locker room. So where is he supposed to show his frustration? I mean, I'm just saying, I, I mean, you're a team captain supposed to speak to the media and whatnot, and then you got to be, you know, I mean, that's that's also goes part with this that goes along with the story. So I mean, that just you know just adds more fuel to the fire. And I I feel like good personally. I mean, I mean McDermott and and Bean got the extensions. Like we're 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 fully aware. Well, McDermott did lie and say that he wasn't there when he was there. Right. Yeah, and I did say that added fuel. I said that added fuel to the fire as well. Like he literally lied and said that Stefan Diggs wasn't there. And he was there when we had a whole conversation with this man. And I said that he had a fuel to the fire as well, but I'm not going to, you know, absolve Stefan Diggs to be like, you know, he's like giving the benefit of the doubt. Like he like had no idea that he didn't create the situation. I mean, he created like 70% of the situation. Let's be serious here. I don't think. How he created 70% of that situation. Explain that. It was his actions. He didn't show. He showed up the QB on the sideline. And what did that mean? That's not a good look. That shows, that shows deviness. You know, you can show competitiveness, but that's going to show deviness and, you know, what happens in Minnesota after a few years, you know, after a few years, he wants to get out of there. He's saying stuff. So, I mean, he's earned that reputation, like Justice said. And now, you know, you're showing a little bit in Buffalo, and that's what people are going to say about you. But we don't Fair know or not, it's not a good look. Minnesota. That's what them people saying out in Minnesota that a lot of people was running with, too. You know what I mean? So we can't just be running about what people said in Minnesota. Like that's. Really I'm also not going to give him the benefit of the doubt just because he's stuff on the Like I'm just not going to do that. I'm just going to put together the dots to see the stuff I see in Minnesota and see the stuff I stay here and just saying, hey, it's not a good look. See, I think the difference between what you're saying and what I'm saying is I don't really feel like he needs any benefit of the doubt. Like you're just not okay with what he did. I like what he did. I'm fully okay with what he did and I encourage it because all this little storyline crap is going to pale in comparison to what it takes for them to get a fire under their ass and lift the Lombardi in February. So I'm saying it's a distraction for the team going to the season and it could keep looming over. If if they needed to be embarrassed publicly for us to get to February, I'm fine with it. I'm cool with that. Because they needed to be embarrassed publicly because they embarrassed all of us publicly. I don't know. I mean, so you you think it's okay for the Bills to get their ass whooped at home and nobody's going to be mad at that? Nobody's going to feel a certain type of way about that? I wouldn't even want football you've players been, on my You've been picked the favorite to go to Super Bowl three years in a row? Yeah. That's Who's not the way you go about seconds? it as a professional. Not the way we get the professional portion of it. Yeah, we get that. But it's not like he's doing it every game. He's not doing it every game. Right. So when he is doing that's what I'm saying. It's not, but we'll see as it goes into years if it continues. That's why that's why I said we'll see as the year goes on if it continues. We'll see. And 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 you know what else? When you know they start being mediocre or the play calling starts, you know, sliding down or or McDermott or whoever, you know, is not making great decisions, they think back to, oh, okay, I got a wide receiver that's going to call me out. Maybe I should think differently here. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm fully well, That could also be an issue. My wide receiver is going to call me out. Let me get him to – let me force him the ball, and now it's picked. 
Let's say this. Devon Diggs was targeted 149 times and he caught, what, 110 of them last year. So all that forcing the ball and shit, out the window. Miss me with that. Like, it's no, it's no way you're forcing the ball. It's just that when it's money time and teams are just taking your best player away, you don't think that's a problem? When teams are just allowed to take your best player away, you can't do nothing about it. You don't think that's a problem and you're not winning? I never said it's a problem. I said the way you went about it. The way he went about it wasn't good. Hey, some people go about things a lot different than most. You know what I mean? So it was never addressed. Um, When it was addressed, I guess Coach McDermott didn't like it and went and said what he said, and that's what caused the stir. You know what I mean? So, yeah. We got to see how it materializes during training camp. Uh, you know, have they gotten on one page, one accord on how this thing should go going moving forward? Uh, does Stefan Diz get his wishes? Does Coach McDermott get his wishes? You know what I mean? Is it a win-win solution for everybody? You know, that's that's the common denominator of it all. Is it a, is it a solution? Is it a win-win solution for everybody, all the parties involved? Everybody that's that's having a, a, a grievance about whatever issue they got. That's all I'm saying. And hopefully, you know, that'll be the case. I'm quite sure that was talked about today when Stefan Diggs reported to camp. You know what I mean? So I'm quite sure these conversations have been had or discussed, you know, on the phone probably when Diggs is in Paris. You never know at this point because now, you, you know, we identifying the issue. So can't wait a whole off season to try to rectify things and things has still been, you know, we ain't on the same page, obviously. So hopefully the bills have gotten on that page and we'll see throughout the uh, course of mini camp training camp. We shall see. All right. Let's switch and for over. the record, for the record, Stefan Diggs has never been a problem in the locker room ever. It seemed like, I mean, uh, I mean we'll see what this year goes on. Like the same. Never been a problem in the locker room. I also, I, I, people talk about he's been a problem, whatever going on in the locker room, been in the locker room. He seemed like he bring the locker room together from, from what I could see. Never been a problem in the locker room. Yeah. Never. And all right, last thing. But I, I was just going to say if there was one situation in the league, this is a very unique situation because you have one of the top three wide receivers and also a top three quarterback. So you can't even force 14 the ball because you have 17 doing so many different things and everything is running through 17. So like, <laughs> like, I'm, uh, and I don't think Stefan Diggs is mad about getting the ball. He just wants to win. Like he just want to win. And, and if me getting the ball increases our chances of winning, then give me the ball. <laughs> I, but uh, that's neither here or now. Let's go ahead and move over to the defense. Um, <laughs> Sean McDermott, we, we just got done talking about him, but he is now coaching the defense exclusively. So all this, um, you know, <laughs> it, was it him? Was it Frazier? You know what I mean? All that's out the window now. We get to see what, you know, Sean McDermott, what his chops are as the play caller for the Buffalo Bills. How does this make you feel, Jamal? Makes me feel good. I like that McDermott's calling the plays, you know, get back to, you know, his roots, aggressive, you know, zone blitzing, all the different, you know, exotic fronts he can put up. You know, I feel great about it. You know, he's got the corners to do it. You know, I, I'm really high on Kyrie, Kyrie Elam, man. I mean, the advanced stats back it up. 
no, hey, you just you had his best two game stretch at the at the you know the, the, the those two playoff games. He played well in all the big games last year. You know, I'm really high on him, man. If he gets those hands right and he's more handsy this year, he could be an extremely good corner, possibly even our best corner. But you know, I'll save that for another day. I feel like yeah. Trey White's gonna come back, continue getting better. Um, you know, and we got Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde back. So this could he's got the horses to do in the secondary to give those leave those guys on an island at times and be really exotic in his pressures and you know, his pressure packages and his pressure looks. So I'm excited to see what he does. Really am. I will say before before I let you talk, Mookie, I'm with you on that. I think he's gonna be end up being our best quarter by the season's end. Uh coach, how you feel about McDermott coaching his defense and what you expect from him? Well, um, we're going to find out if it was Leslie Frazier defense or it was Coach McDermott defense. Uh, whatever the case may be, this defense led by Coach McDermott definitely has to be different from last year's defense, no matter who was calling it. Uh, so, like Jamal said, I do expect a more aggressive defense. Um, when you look at the personnel that the Bills do have, uh, they they have a variation of personnel where they can go odd and even front. So I wouldn't be surprised in training camp. You may see the Bills in the 30, you know, more three, four front at times because you have the personnel to do it. Um, I feel that you got to play these guys to their strong suits. I know the Bills are more of a four-man front team, four-two-five court coverage type of team. But, I mean, you have to be a little bit more exotic because that's not getting the job done. So you have to look and see what we're not doing different that's making a difference or a better impact on getting the defense, getting the offense off the field or, you know, putting our guys in position to, you know, make some plays. So, you know, you have to question yourself, you know, about that defense. As good as this defense has been in the past five years, you still have to ask yourself those specific questions because those are areas where the Bills still lack at, you know, getting to the quarterback, uh, uh, you know, creating takeaways, you know, stuff like that. You know, they got to get to that point. I mean, yeah, they they, they definitely – it's going to be tough to score on them because of bend or break defense and, and – um, you know, yeah, you, you're not going to be able to throw the ball on them at times, you know what I mean? So they're going to lead the league in that. But what are the Bills doing different, that extra element that they can lead in that's going to get them, that's going to pay off in postseason? So, you know, they, they, they got to they gotta look at that. Uh, so I do expect Coach McDermott to have a more aggressive defense, whether it's an eye front or even front. They can go Jordan Phillips at the nose, but Daquan Jones and Oliver Leonard Floyd and Rousseau. You know, that's a good fine man front with Rousseau and, and I mean with, with Milano and Dotson, maybe who knows? You know, then your corners and then your safeties. Three, four. You can move them around. You can rover, you know, however you want to get. You can get real foxy, you know what I mean, in in, in the 30. They have the personnel for it. That's all I'm saying. So me knowing and identifying that, I'm quite sure Coach McDermott realized that too. So I expect the Bills to be a little bit more exotic, more aggressive this year. I will say that part of me hopes that we don't see a significant change in defense. And that's because, like, if it really wasn't his defense and it was, like, like all Leslie Frazier, then that means he didn't control the offense. He didn't control the defense. He didn't control the special teams. All he did was be a conservative decision maker. 
And that would really bother me. Granted, he, he changed our entire franchise, and I, I give him all the credit in the world. I'm not taking anything away from that. But as far as our potential championship runs, he's been an extremely conservative decision maker. And if he didn't control the defense, then that's really all he's contributed. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I would like to see more pressure. But I just – I really hope he had – something to do with how good the defense is and that he can replicate that. Um, but speaking of the defense, uh, a vital part of the defense who is going to be coming back this year, but still, you know, coming off of a early season ending injury, uh, neck injury for Micah High. And of course this year we have Taylor Rapp as well in the, in the secondary to, you know, help out with, anything, you know, should him or Poyer have any issues or whatever the case may be. Um, what are you expecting from Micah Hyde coming back this season, Coach? Um, well, I expect him to be more focused. I expect to see a more determined Micah Hyde. Um, um, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you get wiser with time, but I understand he understands he only has a small window to get this thing done, especially coming off a uh, neck injury. So I look to see, a, a, you know, probably your best Michael Hyde that you've never seen because the window is, is closing, especially with him. Um, you know, with this injury, I'd say two years at best with Micah. Uh, if, if, if they rack off a Super Bowl, of course, he's riding off in the sunset. That's what he wants. So um, expect to see a better – a better Micah Hyde this year. Probably one of your best. You probably see the best Micah Hyde you can possibly see, you know, barring injury. Hopefully that, you know, the neck injury is healed and, you know, it doesn't affect him mentally. I can't say that it won't, you know. I mean, he's the only guy that went through that process, you know. So, but I look to see a more determined, a more better Micah Hyde just because we know that he's, you know, he's near the end of his career, especially dealing with neck injury. So, you know, he's definitely trying to get this thing done and over with for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the window for uh, both him and Jordan Poyer. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, what, what do you think about Micah Hyatt coming back for the Buffalo Bills this season after, you know, him and Poyer were injured for much of last season? Uh, Jamal? Yeah, more or less the same. I mean, I don't want to be too unfair. I know he's coming off a neck injury. So, you know, hopefully he, he's rebounding good and, you know, it's close to 100%. But, yeah, more of the same, 100%, you know, more determined, more focused, you know, one of the better seasons we've seen for Micah Hyde. So, you know, assuming he's fully rehabbed and is able to do the things he's able to do and, you know, he's not mentally holding himself back, I expect, a, you know, another great season for Micah Hyde. I mean, they are – they have been one of the best duels in the NFL for, you know, some years now. Um I, I just, you know, them both kind of getting long in the tooth. And, um, you know, if, if I just, I just hope that they are able to, to still have the same energy and bring the same level of play to the field. Uh, you know, obviously it, that becomes a real question with how old they are and coming off injury. Um, but I guess we will see. Um, all right. All right, we're going to do this before training camp. What, what are you guys 
expectations for the season or no 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 for training camp in any surprise roster cuts any surprise players is going to make the roster you know what's what's something that you think you might see coming out of training camp that uh you're you're excited for i'm gonna go first you got a lot of position battles uh that's gonna be highly competitive again i say that this is probably the best or most competitive roster in the Bean McDermott era. Um, you know, on the show yesterday, we tried to break down the final 53, and, man, it, it, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a good player that's not going to make this roster uh, or the Bills are going to, you know, it's going to force the Bills' hands to probably make a trade, you know, you know, <laughs> to make roster room. I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's going to be a difficult time if you are, you know, a general manager to figure out which good player is not going to make this team because it's going to be a handful of good players that's not going to make this team. But, you know, they can go start in other teams. That's how good, that's how much quality depth this Bills team has. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. We boiled it down yesterday to Boogie Basham and Vanessa, you know, on the 53-man roster. So something may give. It may, it may be that route or it may be a different route. But, you know, they, 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 they can't keep everybody, you know, much as they would love to. Can't keep everybody. So it's going to be interesting to see how many – uh, players they keep in each position group, and you know, what positions will that be? I mean, that was a safe answer. Who, who come on, who, who I mean, who, 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 who make the roster that I mean, like? so, uh, if I'm gonna say something, okay, yeah, you, I won't release him. I'll probably think about trading AJ Finesse or Boogie Basham. I mean, realistically, when you look at Okay, Von Miller, he's on the PUP list. I don't think, uh, you know, they're going to get rid of Shaq. Um, you got Rousseau on the other end. Uh, you just paid Leonard Floyd $7 million. So, AJ Espineza, you know, he definitely played to his potential. He f- definitely flashed and showed you that, you know, he's capable of, you know, being an edge rusher, even though I think he's more of a power rusher and, he, you know, the Bills made him lose too much weight. Um, he looks a little bit more comfortable uh, this offseason with adding that way back on. Um, so I think he has a little bit more value than Boogie Basham. Uh, Boogie Basham, you know, he has this year and next year under contract. AJ Vanessa is in his contract year right now. So I don't see the Bills realistically, you know, paying him, you know, a contract extension. You're not when Russo's contract is coming up. You pay Von Miller fifteen to twenty million, and you you plan Leonard Floyd seven to nine. So I don't see you know that happening. You know so either that or Bills will lose a good player in AJ Espinosa. Um, you know so that's what it really boiled down to me. Like when you look at the, the that was like how many defensive edges are the Bills are going to keep? You got your your interiors, but how many edges are you going to keep? I mean, Vaughn, you know, keeps keeps somebody on the roster for six weeks. But after that, who's going to be the inactive player? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, if you just want to be frank with it, just in my opinion, yeah, surprise, surprise cuts. Uh, surprise make the team. I don't think it's really a surprise, but since they drafted him in the fifth round, Justin Shorter, you know, he could be a big surprise. I think, you know, he's going to, you know, the Bills are going to unlock what they need to unlock down him that, you know, 
Florida and 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 you know Penn State cutting a lot. So we're gonna find out about those two schools and why they cutting a lot. You know this specimen of six for two hundred and thirty pounds. You know of a DK Metcalf that not quite has the speed of a DK Metcalf, but he has some measurables. So you know hopefully Bills gonna like that and you know he, he has a solid uh, preseason. Then yeah. He'll make this roster easily. The Bills will hold seven wide receivers. Yeah. Number one wide receiver in the world coming out of high school, uh, Justin Shorter. Could be a surprise roster spot. Uh, of course, I personally don't think Billy Basham probably should have ever made the team. And I feel like I was only hopeful because we got both him and Billy. I was like, well, hopefully one of them pan out. But if we would have drafted someone else in the first round and Boogie, was, or we got him in group, but if we drafted someone else in the first round and Boogie was our like our only DE that year, I'd have been very, very upset looking at his college film. Uh, and I think his college film shows true to exactly how he plays in the NFL. He's a hustle guy, but, I mean, you know, we, we kind of need guys that's going to get to the quarterback on on, on – on the fact that they are just more dominant than the person across from them. And and I don't know how much of that Boogie has in them. Um, what about you, uh, what, what do you think could, could happen this this offseason? There's training camp, excuse me. Yeah, look over a couple of things. Obviously, the cornerback battle, cornerback number two, you know, preferably. Like I said, for, I think for this team truly to reach its potential, especially defensively, you know, Kyler Elam needs to win that job. He has to win that job. You know, Christian Benford, good. Dane Jackson, good. Um, they are not, you know, they're, they are not, they don't have the ceiling of, uh, you know, 100% Kyler Elam. So, you know, Elam has to win this job and, you know, and I think he will for this team to be at his potential defensively. Um, you know, when it comes to offensive line play, I kind of just see the way, kind of see the way that we run the ball this year. You know, we look at Osiris Torrance, you know, the knack on him is his, you know, his foot speeds. So that's kind of, you know, you know, kind of a, a, you know, a kink in our scheme where we try to, you know, do that when these more, you know, athletic runs, getting our, you know, guards in the space, whatnot, will they be necessarily good at that? Will we do more power runs this year? You know, old school, you know, hat in a hat type of, you know, power running football. You know, I think that'll be interesting as well. Um, you know, Khalil Shakir, I feel like his name's kind of going under the radar, really turned it on towards the end of last year. Can he kind of be this, you know, this big three with, you know, Diggs, Davis, and now Shakir? Um, you know, those are really the main things for me, you know, along, you know, you know, we got, Kincaid, and, you know, we have our defensive line and, and stuff like that. Those are really the three big things to me, you know, kind of what I'm looking forward to in training camp. I'm really not as big on Shakir as everybody is. But we'll see. Hopefully, I hope he pans out, obviously. We need all the good players we can get. I just I don't know about them. Uh, but we shall see. And uh, sorry, Andre, bro. I sent you the link, but uh, bro, I got to work tomorrow, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, definitely next time. Uh, that's gonna do it for us here at Believe in Bills. Uh, shout out to Bet Online 26 shirts, fan base 96.5 WUFO. Uh, you already know the game. Uh, coach, you want to go ahead and send this out? The season is here. Do you believe? Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Now, find reviews and news for 
every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use uh, your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Now use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50%. Welcome your bonus on your first deposit. Now BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.